Welcome to episode three of Life in the Den. I'm Daniel Buckwalter, your host. This podcast is about living a life radically for Christ in Babylon. In the spirit of the Lenten season, we're going to be talking about spiritual disciplines. If you think back to last week, our conclusion was we must cultivate a deep love and relationship with God so that we can go out and love the world. That's why today I'm going to talk about why spiritual disciplines will change your life. But before we get into spiritual disciplines, let's talk about discipline. We live in a culture that currently really pushes the importance of habits. You don't have to look far to find someone talking about the book Atomic Habits or an entrepreneur sharing about their systems they put in place or talking about how the little things add up. Yet so often we ignore how these things are so vital for our success in our jobs and our goals are also important for our relationship with God. We recognize that to excel in anything in life, discipline is required. This is true for athletes, musicians, plumbers, accountants, and disciples of Jesus. Effective discipline is not a chore. It's a pleasure. Not to say that all will be easy. Training has difficult aspects. But the hard work pays off and it becomes easier and you find yourself more fulfilled as you reap the benefits of the work that you put in. An example of this that I heard this week said, just watch a master pianist and you'll see that he or she is not straining to do well, but enjoying the music, even though they're doing really hard pieces. I don't know about y'all, but whenever I try to play the piano, one, it's difficult, although in my case, probably more because I don't have rhythm, but my point still stands, you know, my hands hurt, my head hurts, and more than anything, my pride hurts because I'm just not very good. However, when someone who is competent on the piano like my wife sits down, it just flows through them. And that's our goal with following Jesus and practicing spiritual disciplines, that if we practice them, our relationship with God will grow and God will simply flow through us. So we recognize the importance of discipline and that spiritual disciplines draw us closer to God. But what exactly is a spiritual discipline? A way that you could define it is the spiritual disciplines are those practices found in scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There are habits of devotion, habits of experiential Christianity that have been practiced by God's people since biblical times. They are meant to draw us deeper into the Father. Something that Richard J. Foster says, he says, The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. And he's talking about followers of Christ in the church. That it's not about having a greater amount of people who know everything that Jesus taught. And it's not about having a greater number of people who can just sing so well or play the piano so well or preach so well or organize so well. But what we desperately need is people who are deeply in love with the Father. And spiritual disciplines are these habits and these things that we do that help us have that kind of relationship with the Father. And maybe you're listening right now and you're like, okay, but why do I have to do them? Or why can I not just do the ones that come naturally to me that I think are easy? And the way I would say it is we should practice spiritual disciplines because Jesus did them. Don't believe me, here are some examples. 
First, let's take a look at Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tested by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. And what we see is Jesus is practicing fasting. He goes out in the wilderness and he sacrifices his eating to give that time to fast and pray and talk to the Father. Another thing that we see him practicing here is solitude and silence. He stepped away from the world, went out by himself, no friends, no iPhone, no Instagram, no Reels, no TikTok, no televangelist, and he just sat in the presence of the Father. Another example that should not be a crazy idea to us is that Jesus prayed. Luke chapter 5 verse 16 said, Meanwhile, he would slip away to deserted places and pray. So once again, we see that silence and solitude coming back in. But we also see the fact that he is praying. That it was something he practiced regularly. And this is the context of when Jesus was doing ministry at the beginning of it all. And that frequently during his ministry, he would slip away to spend time talking to the Father. Or Mark chapter 10 verse 45 says, For the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life ransom for many. This is an example of the spiritual discipline of serving. Now that's more of a communal one, but it's still the recognition that serving in the way that Christ did is formational for us. Or Luke chapter 2 verse 42 through 47 which says, Now every year his parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents were unaware of this. Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And what this teaches us is that Jesus knew the word, and that probably came through some level of studying and listening to people talk and teach over the word. So, you know, a spiritual discipline is just studying scripture. You now have the Old and the New Testament that we get to study together. And as followers of Christ, we should know them well. So often it's people who don't believe in Christ that actually understand the context and know what scriptures mean. And if we want to know God deeper, there is almost no better way to know God better than to study his word. So these are just a couple examples of spiritual disciplines, and you can go multiple places online and find different people with different takes on long lists of which ones are in scripture and which ones are not. But the ones I just gave you, fasting, praying, solitude and silence, and serving other are four practices that you can take in your life every day and start doing it. But maybe you're sitting here and you're thinking, well, I get what you're saying, but why should I do them? I'm already close to Jesus. And the reason I'm going to tell you to do them anyways is because we are called to train for holiness. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 through 8 says, Has nothing have nothing to do with profane and foolish tales. Train yourself in godliness, for while physical training is of some value, godliness is valuable in every way, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. A discipline is something we can do that enables us to do what we haven't yet been able to do by our own direct effort. Trying is not enough. Another way to paraphrase that passage of scripture might be to say, don't try 
train. Our training is connecting us with a power much greater than our own, the Spirit of God that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Following Christ is not a passive activity. Let me say that again. Following Christ is not a passive activity. You don't just pray a prayer and just sit there and not grow. You don't just sit there and wallow in your sin or the parts of the life you don't like or the ways that you're different than Jesus and just say nothing can be done about it. About it. But we're called to actively pursue being more like Christ. Jesus tells us, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15 verse 5. It's essential that we recognize that remaining in Christ is not a passive thing. Jesus tells us that we stay connected to him by pursuing him actively. You know, we talked about a piano player, but something that's probably more prevalent in American culture is the life of an athlete. Athletes train themselves to exceed their physical limits, to go above and beyond, to become more than they were the day before. When an athlete is training for a competition or a runner, because, you know, this is an example that Paul uses. When training for a marathon, most people don't just show up to the marathon and try to run it. Or if they do, they probably don't put up the best time. But they eat right. They plan out their rest days. They choose some days to do speed and some days to do distance, some days to do intervals and some days not to do. You know, they, they set all these different things in place so that they can perform their best. In the same way, spiritual exercises enable us to do what we were unable to do by our own effort. As we invest our energy into developing spiritual disciplines, we partner with God in our life and in our growth and transformation. Then we can grow in his grace and produce fruit. But we'll never grow in faith and produce fruit if we're not willing to put in the work. You know, if you think back early to it, when we talked about master piano players or athletes, it's not always fun to train. It's not always fun to practice. And if you know athletes, their schedules, at least when I was in college, were always super busy because they had so much going on. But if we truly believe Christ is the most important thing in our life, how can we not prioritize doing what he has called us to do over everything else? Prayer has been something that's become a cornerstone in my life when it comes to following Jesus. And Dallas Willard had this quote, and it said, the more we pray, the more we think to pray. And as we see the results of our prayer, the response of our Father to our request, our confidence in God's power spills over into other areas of our lives, and we want to pray more. And what he's really saying is that the more you pray, the more you see God move, and the more you want to pray. And the more that you practice spiritual disciplines of all kinds, the more in love with the Father you become, and the more you see God move, and the deeper relationship you have, and the more that you want to practice those spiritual disciplines. So even in these moments where we don't want to do it, we have to keep doing it. I remember when I first started trying to practice solitude and silence. I was living in my house, and I would wake up in the morning, and I would sit on my bed, and I would get up. And I would sit in silence, and my goal was 30 minutes every day. The first day I did it, I remember I sat there forever, and eventually I was like, ah, oh, God, I can't do this anymore. And so I looked at my phone, because I had set a timer, and much to my dismay, it had only been five minutes. But I was committed to doing it, so I got up the next day, and that feeling didn't hit me till 10 minutes. 
and then 15 minutes, and then 20 minutes, then 25 minutes, and 30 minutes. And then I found myself at a point where my solitude and silence would run out. And I would say, God, I wish I had more time to sit here in your presence today. And I believe that will be true for you guys. That If you start chasing after God, if you start pursuing the spiritual disciplines, even when you don't want to. So maybe that idea of reluctant obedience that we've talked about in other episodes, that you just do it because you know God has called you to do it, it will become rewarding in your life. We cannot continue on just being shallow people. We can't just continue on not having God be the most important thing in our life. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be so in love with God that there is nothing else that I want to think about than how can I serve the Father? How can I make him happy? How can I live into the things that he's called me to live into? And the reality of the fact is I can sit here and I could talk about spiritual disciplines all day. I could tell you about the spiritual benefits of fasting or maybe even the physical benefits of fasting. Or I could talk to you about sitting in silence and solitude and the benefits of being silent and letting your mind rest and meditating. But the reality is none of that's going to convince you. Now, I've heard it said this way. The primary requirement for practicing the disciplines is a longing for God. Do you really love God? When you look in the mirror, can you really say that God is the most important thing in your life? That there is nothing that you're putting in front of him. That you just want to know him more than anything else. And if you feel that way, then you have to do the disciplines. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're listening and you're thinking, I don't love God like that. But man, do I wish I loved God like that. I want that feeling. I want that craving. I I want that freshness that comes with having the Holy Spirit working in my life. The spiritual disciplines are like a well of fresh water for those who wish to know God more. Or you could say, you know, that for someone, if they want and they long for God, You know, if you want and long for God, you will practice the spiritual disciplines. So what is it for you? Where can you start? Looking at it from a practical level, I've given you four different spiritual disciplines today that can be practiced individually. Talked about prayer. We've talked about fasting. We've talked about silence and solitude. And we've talked about serving. And maybe you're thinking, well, serving is kind of communal. You can serve people without them knowing, without them being around, by just doing things for them, small tasks. You don't need someone else present to do it. So I want to challenge you to start with something today. Maybe fasting for Lent was something you weren't going to do. Well, pick something, and it doesn't have to be food. Pick something that you feel like the Holy Spirit might be calling you to fast and give that over. Or maybe you never spend time in silence. Disconnect, walk away from the busyness of this world, and go sit in silence and come face to face with the God of the Bible. Or maybe you don't pray. You know, maybe you look at scripture sometimes, but you know that your prayer life is not where it's supposed to be. Then get down on your knees, go somewhere quiet and talk to God. Cry out to him because he is a God who is faithful to hear you, to see you, and to respond to you. Or maybe you're doing these things, but you're not letting this love of God be embodied in you then start loving your neighbor. Go out and find ways to start serving the people in your life. I want to invite you guys to keep walking on this journey with me. I'll be honest, I'm not perfect in my spiritual disciplines. And I came face to face with the reality that I'm not obedient to God in the way I eat. So for this Lent, I gave up eating a lot of different foods and handing over my stomach to God. 
So come along with me on this journey of spiritual disciplines and invite God to step into your life in new ways. And that brings us to the end of this episode of Life in the Dim. I hope that you've enjoyed your time with me and that you've gained valuable insights and perspectives to help you in your pursuit of following Christ. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with your friends and family and give us a rating and review. Join us next week as we continue to explore and grow together in our faith. Until then, keep following Jesus, and I'll see you next time.